Hey there, friends. Welcome to Her Fight Club, a space to feel welcome to bring all the hard, messy, and broken parts of this life, but leave feeling less alone, encouraged, and empowered to face your battle ahead. Her Fight Club exists so that you can know that God, His Word, and a community of women are fighting for you. I'm your host, Jenny Bolton. It's an honor to fight for you today. Let's dive in. Hey, friends. Welcome to episode one of Her Fight Club. Thanks for tuning in to the very first episode. So I just dropped my youngest, Kaysen, off at Mother's Day Out, and he was terrified and fearful. And side note, all my kids are like, have such bad separation anxiety. Um, But I kept telling him, you're so brave. And he kept saying, I'm not, I'm not. And I reminded him, brave doesn't mean you're not scared. It means even when you're scared, you do it anyways. Because on the other side, you're going to have so much fun and become stronger. And if I'm honest, I'm right there with him today. Scared, but choosing to do it anyways. So here we go. First episode. So I didn't intentionally plan it this way, but I believe it's pretty divine and fitting that the very first episode, we are tackling the lie that almost stopped me from even doing this podcast in the first place. It has threatened to paralyze me in fear over and over throughout my life. And if I'm being completely honest, it's still waging a war in my mind, even while I'm recording this right now. But I'm fighting back because I'm determined to not let the enemy's voice win. So you're like, what is the lie? (laughs) Okay, the lie is I'm not good enough. This is for sure the number one lie I wrestle with in my head, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I believe so many of us are tempted to believe and live out of this lie. I'm going to get vulnerable and share my journey with this lie and how God has helped me to learn to fight back and claim truth. But I also have a very, very special guest today that has also had his own journey of wrestling with this lie. And I thought, why not start the very first episode off with a bang by bringing on the hubs? So please welcome the one and only, my husband, Andrew Bolton. What's up, ladies? Man, so much fun to be on the first episode of Her Fight Club. I mean, I'm so excited, and thank you for (laughs) being my first guest and helping me get my jitters out because the jitters are surely there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so before we hop into the talk, I normally want to ask guests to talk about their family, but since they already know a little about our family, I thought you could share maybe how we first met, if you remember that. Uh, If I remember that. It's been 10 years. (laughs) It has actually been, we've been married for 10 years, so it has been almost 12 years since we first met. So I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, we were at church. We had not met yet, obviously, but I'm sitting in the balcony uh, attending worship, and all of a sudden on the screen uh, comes on this beautiful strawberry blonde talking about her heart for missions and how she loves the Lord and she wants to serve Him in this way. And I remember sitting in the balcony thinking to myself, man, I'm going to marry this girl. And I know you still don't think that's true, but that is 100% true. Right in that moment, I'm like, I'm going to marry this girl. So uh, I did what anybody would have done uh, in that year, probably about 2008, 2009, and I looked you up on Facebook. So I looked you up on Facebook, shot you a message, and now we've been married for 10 years. Yeah, you were like... um... Hey, you don't know me, but I really you know, just love your heart for the Lord. You're just like, have keep, a great day. You're, yeah. like, you're like, keep going or something like that. Uh, so funny to think back about that. And it's actually so funny because I remember going into making that video and I think I'd overprepared. And so when they went to uh, video me, I like completely clammed up and like eventually got there. But I like, I thought it was such a fail, that video. <laughs> well, and listen, the Lord was moving. Right. I mean, it made me think again, as I was thinking about this this morning, it made me think, you know, that was something I had to face my fears and do that video, even though it was uncomfortable. And I felt like it, I did horrible. But on the other side of that, God I, mean, had I got something my husband. amazing for you. Right. <laughs> so shout out all the single ladies out there. Just keep doing exactly what God has called you to do, even if you feel like it was a fail. That's right. And you never know who's watching. So. That's right. 
Okay, well, let's dive in. Again, we were talking about the lie, I'm not good enough. So I think there's this misconception out there that pastors and maybe even pastors' wives don't struggle or have really hard days. But clearly, we know that's not true. But in case some people out there think that, um, let's both just give the listeners a sneak peek into what a hard day with believing a lie, I'm not good enough, has looked like for us. So yeah, so for me, I would say, uh, and this is a lie that, that I buy into a lot of times, uh, I may get overwhelmed at my job or even overwhelmed in my calling. Um, and I'm like, man, I just don't have what it takes to do this, or I, I just don't have enough capacity to do this. Um, and there's been seasons where we have even talked about, man, what would it look like to give up? <laughs> you know, what would it look like just to do co- something completely different? I just, I don't have what it takes. I cannot do this. I'm not good enough. And um, like you said with Kaysen, I mean, in those moments where we have this faith just to, all right, I'm going to trust the Lord and I'm going to push through, it's been so cool to see God's faithfulness on the other side of that. Uh, so even when it's not easy, it's been worth it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this this lie or this feeling is definitely something that I struggle with continually. It's kind of like, you know, Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh. This is probably the thorn in my flesh um, that I maybe sometimes pray would go away, uh, but it hasn't. But God is always faithful, even when I'm feeling this way. Yeah, that's really good. I feel like for me, um, you know, having three kids so back to back has just been so challenging mentally. And I think that, you know, for me on the really, really hard days, um, it's, you know, I, my mind goes to these dark places of, you know, I, the kids are, you know, stressing me out and, right. and doing crazy things. I mean, <laughs> they just do a few crazy things. Um, we love them. But, you know, it, it brings me to this, you know, self-sabotage of like, I'm not good enough. You right. know, I don't have what it takes to do this. It's and, all my fault. And then, of course, yeah. for me, the darkest days are when I don't fight back, obviously. Right. And I choose to numb out, you know, on social media, which then exasperates the lie mm-hmm. even more. And I'm just looking at everyone else's lives and feeling like, again, not good enough. The highlight reels, you know. Highlight reels. Um, and I think a lot of times for me, one lie feeds into all the other lies. Right. And they start piling on top of each other. And yeah. for me, that brings me to such defeat. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we're in defeat, you know, hope is not present. And I think, so for me, on my hardest days, I'm just, I'm wanting to give up, like you said, right. because I'm like, I, I, I don't even have the fight in me to fight back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I would so say then, hope is present, but we're so focused on us or our situation right? that that our perspective is is toward the defeat and the hard things instead of the hope that we always have in Jesus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I guess I just wanted to just paint this picture that like, you know, there really are these dark days that, you know, us as pastors and pastors' wives have, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and like you said, the hope is there, but it's so clouded out by, by the lies. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted us to share a little bit about that. And I know, we all have triggers that surface thoughts and lies, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, Andrew, for you, what triggers I'm not good enough to come to the surface for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I I think I already maybe mentioned one of these, but um, maybe when I'm overwhelmed with the to-do list and and maybe that's my fault because I've said yes to too many things. Uh, That's just kind of where I'm at right this second as as we're recording this. Like, I just feel like I've said yes to too many good things. Um, and I need to learn how to say no. That's a whole nother episode for a whole nother day. But when I get overwhelmed and defeated, uh, I start to believe this lie that, man, I just can't do this and I'm not good enough and I don't have what it takes. Or 
uh, or maybe feeling left out. You know, if I'll see other friends of mine post something about when they're all hanging out together and and I didn't get the invite. And there's probably some other backstory to it about something, you know, intentionally they were doing. They weren't leaving me out, but but I see that and it just makes me feel that, you know, and even though that may not be reality, it feels like it's reality. Um, or there may be a time where I make a mistake and, 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 you know, I'm always my worst critic, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to be harder on me than anybody else is harder on me. But all of a sudden I think, oh, everybody else is just as hard on me. And it just in my mind, you know, I start to kind of snowball into this defeat of I'm not good enough and I don't have what it takes. Yeah, that's really good. I really relate to a lot of those things. I know a lot of times we can just hyper-focus on the things that we're doing wrong. I know that's huge for me. But I would say my biggest trigger is um, comparison. Mm -hmm. So that's like my biggest trigger, I guess, that brings it to the surface. Um, And I self-sabotage a lot, as you know. Right. (laughs) You said it, not me. (laughs) I'm my own worst enemy, for sure. I always feel like I could be doing everything better. It's like a vicious cycle in my head. But um, I know for me, social media um, is just exasperates that, like I said before, but it exasperates that comparison. Um, And I mean, honestly, you can get on social media and in less than like one minute, you've compared yourself to like 10 people. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Depends on how quickly you scroll. (laughs) True. That's very true. (laughs) Um, You scroll fast. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, it's like there's so many things that we absorb on social media that sometimes we don't even realize like how it's affecting our mind and how it is causing us to compare. But then, you know, 10 minutes later, we're like deep into this, I'm not good enough. And then it's playing out into, you know, our everyday life and um, allowing us to not feel, you know, present with our kids and and with our husband, because we're just thinking about how we're not good enough. Um, So a few other things for me is just like body insecurities that can make me feel not good enough that can trigger um, just marriage struggles. I mean, you know, we love each other, but our marriage isn't perfect. And, and we have miscommunications and things that, you know, trip us up. And, right. you know, I can feel not good enough in that. And I mean, clearly kids' behaviors can right. instantly make me feel like I'm not good enough because yeah, I'm a failure. They act this way because of me, which is yes. not true. And, you know, they're yes. kids, but. but that is like a huge thing for me. Like I tend to self-sabotage and feel like, oh man, if I was this kind of parent or if I was like her <clears throat> and how she parents, I would, you know, be able yeah. to be good enough, you yeah. know? Like their kids wouldn't be jumping off the top of the van like our kids are. Uh, yeah, that literally happened <laughs> yesterday. Like <laughs> Andrew get, pulled, out, get off the van. Andrew pulls up and all three of them are like on the roof of the van. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, good parenting over here. So those are some of the triggers that bring it to the surface, but below the surface where we don't always want to go, have you found anything deeper that is a root to this lie being triggered? Yeah, so I think just the, the longer I live, Um, the more I realize that there's typically something deeper that I really need to address. And the way I'm feeling right now is just kind of the fruit or the part of this that you can see. So Mm -hmm. there's some deeper roots there that I need to address. And, you know, I think about, you know, our house and our landscaping. And, um, and I love the grass to look perfect and the landscaping to look great. But every now and again, the weeds pop up. Um, and I could go and just, you know, pluck the top of the weeds off and it would look totally fine again for a couple of days, but unless I, I get deep and I dig out those roots, those weeds are just going to continue to grow back. And I have to address the root in order, you know, to not keep having the weeds. So the same is true in my life. And, and I love that, 
you know, for years now, we have consistently done counseling, both individually and marriage counseling and kid counseling and you, you name it. We, <laughs> we're all about counseling. We got counseling right after this podcast episode. We really so, do. Um, <laughs> so, but, but I, what I love about that is that it has helped me address the roots of my problems, uh, which have then helped me fight off these lies and, and kind of put them in their place. Do you have anything that you've learned in counseling is a deeper root to this lie? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's things from my childhood and, you know, my parents' divorce and things that happened at school when I was a kid and things that, that I never addressed fully in the moment that have now taken root and grown and kind of festered into something that that isn't always pleasant. So, yeah, I mean, I think I would say with, with you or with anybody listening to this right now, you know, there there are definitely things in our past that maybe we haven't fully addressed that may be feeding this lie or whatever lie it is that you're you're believing. Yeah, I love that. We love counseling. Again, that has been so huge for us. It is never something to be ashamed about. Right. Um, it is just like we go to the doctor when we're sick. Yeah. We our minds get sick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I know for me, I was thinking about this and I think a deeper root for me is found in my identity. Right. So our identity is our foundation. And when we don't know who we are in Christ, we can easily place it in the wrong things and allow lies to come in. But sometimes we do know our identity in Christ. And I would say for me, I felt like I I felt like I did know my identity in Christ, but circumstances and traumas that happen in our life can shake our identity. And so one of those big ones for me um, was my parents' divorce mm-hmm. and my dad um, choosing to leave our family for another family um, after college that happened. And just this embarrassment that it left our family in. And it really shook my identity to the core. Um, and I've had other experiences as well, but that was kind of like one big one that when I really think about what is a deeper root, um, I think ultimately it's my identity, but also I think that these traumas can shake it and um, and allow us to really take root of these lies and then as we don't fight back against them, they can just get bigger and bigger and bigger and out of control. So, okay, so sadly, we know our thoughts directly affect and flow into our actions and behavior. I so wish this wasn't true. <laughs> but um, how have you seen buying into the lie, I'm not good enough, impact your behavior and your family too? Yeah, so what, I, what I've learned about myself is that when I buy into this lie, I kind of start this unhealthy cycle of thought process and, and thinking. So uh, what I'll do is I'll avoid it, <laughs> and then I will shove it down. I'll explode later, and then I will re- repeat the process. And so when I'm not, you know, emotionally healthy and spiritually healthy, um, and you know, maybe even physically healthy, you know, that, that I kind of get into this cycle of avoiding it, shoving it, exploding, repeating, and then that obviously is hard on the entire family. You know, we'll have things that we need to talk about as husband and wife. And I'm like, no, I just, I can't do this right now. And then you've never done that. I know. Right. And then (laughs) one little, one little thing will happen with the kids. And all of a sudden I'm, you know, preaching a sermon, you know, in the living room and upset (laughs) about stuff. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, it has definitely affected our families, uh, our family in a huge way. But then on the other side, when I am in a good spot emotionally, uh, and spiritually even, um, I work and I fight through these things and it kind of helps me stay out of the valley, uh, those low, low points. Then I don't explode on everybody around me, which is always nice. It's always nice, (laughs) but I can't say anything because I do the same thing. So, um, but I would say, you know, very similar, except I am more of a, um, 
I process everything in everything. like word vomit. <laughs> like you just shove your sound. But um, I like to say I just process in, to myself before I talk about it. But really, I just say that as a cop out to just avoid it until later. <laughs> kind of like the dishes. Hey, I'm going to pre-soak them and I'm going to come back to those later. Okay, that's such a thing. Does another any other epi- husbands no. pre-soak their? You don't another episode do for okay. another time. So. Anyways, that's wow. This isn't our marriage counseling session, but. Okay, so for me, I would say mine manifests itself in anger and jealousy and discontentment. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like just this vicious cycle. You know, as that lie comes to the surface, I tend to get, like, angry. I guess maybe angry that maybe I don't have what this person has or I feel like I should have—I feel like I don't have what this person has or it just makes me feel jealous. And really, I would say just it allows me to kind of get paralyzed and where I don't live out my unique gifts and abilities— and specific assignments that God has for me. And so I get so focused on what everybody else is doing and not feeling good enough that I don't stay in my own lane. And so um, I would say that that's that's those are like some big things for me and how it manifests itself. Um, okay, so as we've said, this lie can take root and impact us in hard ways. But I think the more we become aware of it in our head, we can begin to tame it, right? Right. So let's shift and talk about how do we fight back and not let it defeat us? How can we find victory? Yeah, Andrew? so so for me, um, and I don't just mean this as like the cliche, churchy Christian answer, but this really is true for me, um, and and I've experienced it over and over and over again in my life, but honestly, in Christ alone. Like earlier we talked about, uh, when we snowball into this defeat, like if I focus on my defeat, then I'm going to stay there. But if I shift my perspo- my perspective and my focus to the Lord, uh, then He's going to see me through it. So in Christ alone, seriously, is the only way I can overcome this lie. Amen. Um, you know, the quote, I love the quote, we fight from victory, not for victory. Right, so right. we already have victory because yeah. of what Jesus did on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that for me, that's one like perspective shift that really helps me to remember yeah. like, wait, you already won the battle. Right. Already have the victory. Um, and I think remembering so much of what comes in our head are just feelings, right? Like right. we don't have we don't have to choose to believe them. They're just feelings and feelings come and go and shift and are not solid, but um, you know, our feelings are not truth. And yeah. so uh, that's one thing that really helps me. What are some other tools that helps you fight back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we've heard the same before that if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. So obviously it helps to have a plan before you get into this moment so that you have a plan of a plan of attack to be able to fight back. Uh, and if I don't have that plan beforehand, I'm just going to continue to spiral into defeat no matter what, what lie we're talking about. But uh, so for me, uh, and this is actually something, um, nothing new under the sun, but something just very practically that I learned from you, uh, that God kind of laid on your heart, the whole reason you know, you're doing this podcast, uh, and we call it the battle book. So uh, for me, let's take this lie, um, I will find verses of scripture that, that help speak God's truth into my life, and then I'll try to commit those to memory and have those on hand so that when this lie creeps in, again, I can shift that perspective back to the Lord, back to His Word. Uh, and through scripture, fight my way through this battle. Uh, but then if I'm honest with you, there's times that I'm really down and I just don't have any like fight in me, you know, for whatever reason. And 
Uh, what I love is that Scripture says, and I, I should know the reference, right? I'm a bad pastor right now, but uh, <laughs> there in Scripture it talks about how even when even when we can't find the words to say in our deepest and darkest of times, the Holy Spirit um, intercedes on our behalf with heavenly groans. And so, so I, in those moments, sometimes the best thing I can do is turn on worship music, and I'll just crank it all the way up, uh, and I'll just allow God's word and worship and singing to to fight me up to a point where I can, you know, hop in the battle myself. Um, and then also friends, like I have a group of guys that I'm doing life with and a discipleship group. And each week we talk about our struggles and we pray for each other and encourage each other and keep each other accountable and just spur each other on. Um, so this doing life with people and having, you know, community and accountability, those, those are kind of the, the three ways that I would say I really fight back. Uh, but then I've I've also learned that, you know, with this particular thought and battle of I'm not good enough, uh, maybe it actually isn't a lie. You know, maybe I'm not good enough, but God is. And in Christ, man, I can do whatever it is he has called me to do. Now, that doesn't mean I'm always going to be successful. That doesn't mean everything I set my mind out to do is going to pan out perfectly. Uh, but that means that in Him, um, in Him, I have everything I need, and even in those valleys, He is with me. Uh, and honestly, again, whole another episode for a whole another day. But in the valleys, God has done more historically in my life than in the mountaintop. Like we all want to be on the mountaintop, we want to all have these good seasons. But in the valleys, I have experienced the true presence of God um, in a real, tangible way. Uh, and He has seen me through those. So I, I don't want to completely avoid the valleys, but I know that God is with me in them. Come on, you're preaching. Come on, listen. You ask a preacher to a podcast, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Should have known. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, I loved all those, and mine are very similar in that. Um, I would say my number one lifeline is solitude with God. Um, and God has really just, I don't know, rocked my world the past like year and a half with this because um, we were making a decision, I guess it was like a year and a half ago, we were kind of making a uh, a big decision, and I just went out to the lake, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't bring anything with me except a journal, Right. and I just listened to God, Right. and I don't think, I'm almost like getting emotional talking about <laughs> it, because I just remember that moment so clear. It, yeah. I just had never really heard God's voice that clear, mm-hmm. but it was like, it was so silent out there. There was not a single person out there on the lake that day, and God's voice was so clear, and it yeah. was the most empowering moment to just hear His voice alone yeah. and to be empowered. And so that's something that now I've made a practice of, and I really don't do this perfect, but I try to go once a week and yeah. get completely alone with God. And we see all throughout Scripture that Jesus did that and you know, was our example in that. But you know, I obviously make time for God in the everyday grind of life, you know, but, um, but having that solitude Mm -hmm. because there's so many times and and you've seen me do this, like I just get in my head again and I get so discouraged and so defeated. And then I'm like, okay, I need to go to the lake. (laughs) I need to go to the lake. I need to be in complete solitude so that I can hear his voice alone over all the other voices. Um, and so Part of that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just thinking, like, just just hearing you talk about that, it just made me think about me as a father and with our three kids. Like, sure, I love playing all the games and doing all the things with them. Uh, And I think sometimes between us and the Lord, like, we get in this routine of, I want to do all these things for the Lord. I want to do, do, do. 
Um, but just to be with the Lord and be in his presence, like as much as I love doing all the things with our three boys, my favorite time with them is when they'll just snuggle up in my lap and we're not saying a word and we're just together, Mm. you know, and, and that refuels me as a father and that refuels them as a child. And that's the very same thing you're talking about doing there. When you go alone to be with the Lord you're not trying to do things for God. You're just being in His presence, and it's just that that communion and fellowship. And, uh, and it's just I've seen the life that it has breathed into you when you go and do that. Yeah, it's so good. It's like, again, it's like not about doing, and I think that right. so many times that's why we get burnt out, right? Mm-hmm. But, man, when I'm in His presence and I'm hearing His voice and it's a personal thing that he's telling me, right. it's like, man, that's what I want. <laughs> right, you know, I yeah. want more of that. Like, yeah. I don't want more of all the things that I have to do, even though those are really good. And and, yeah, and out thing. of that can flow um, just that healthy flow of actually doing what he's called you to do when you're hearing his voice. But, um, but yeah, so good. Um, another thing that kind of I couple alongside of that is just boundaries with my phone and social media. And I am clearly on the struggle bus with this so many times. (laughs) But one thing that I've learned is so healthy for my mind is to delete my apps. Right. Um, I mean, we can do this, right? <laughs> we can do hard things. We can delete our apps. Um, and it's it's really not that hard to add them back. But at the same time, it does completely take it off your phone. And so I'm not saying you have to, like, completely get rid of social media at all. It's not all bad. But I know for me, it can just bring me to such a bad place at times. Right. And it's just toxic. And um, so I think for me, that's been a really big way that I fought back is to um, have those boundaries, delete my apps. Yeah. Um, especially like if I'm just feeling like I'm having a bad week, mm-hmm. it's like, that's only going to make it worse. Right. So and let's we've kind of talked that. about it, it, you know, in our house as like a cancer, right? And if you had right. a cancer, you wouldn't just let it hang out <laughs> and stay there. You would do everything you could to cut it out. So if social media is a place that continues to trip you up, then cut it out, you know, treat it with that same you know, intention as you would something else you need to get out of your body. Um, so yeah, that's been really cool to see you do that as well. Yes. So, um, similar as you accountability is Mm -hmm. literally such a lifeline. Um, I also have a discipleship group of women and we just do real life with each other and talk about the hard things and keep each other accountable. And I think it's one of those moments that you get into and you're like, Oh, I'm not alone. Like she's struggling too. And it's a way that I can send them a text um, and ask them to fight for me in prayer and speaking truth over me and sending verses. And, and we do that for each other. Um, and I would say, too, like just talking to you, you've helped me so many times, you know, to get out of my head. Yeah. I mean, I'm a great even husband. when I don't want to hear it, <laughs> you're a great husband. <laughs> but it's so true. Like, I think, you know, confiding in your husband, I mean, that can't be our only lifeline. We have to have yeah. other women and other things. But like, that is... Like, God obviously gave us each other to be our biggest, like, um, people to fight for. Right. And I think that's one thing that you've done really well is just fight for me in, in this lie that I'm not good enough. Um, yeah, and I appreciate that. And I'd say something I've learned is, is if you're listening to this right now, and maybe this is you struggling with with a battle, then, yes, talking to somebody is definitely something you need to do. Um, I th- we're all going to struggle. So not maybe, this is you. But also, if there's somebody else in your life who is struggling what I struggle to do is just be empathetic and just to listen 
you know, that's something I'm always working on. Like I'm always quick to give you an answer and to, you know, preach a little mini sermonette to you and try to fire <laughs> you up and tell you are good enough and you got this and God's called you to it and all this stuff. Um, but something I'm having to learn is just to listen to you and just let you let you talk. And uh, and sometimes that is just that, that, that ministers to your soul just as much and maybe even more so than if I try to give you all the right answers right then. So there, there may, th- that time will come later preaching to myself right now. Um, <laughs> but even if, so if you have a friend, maybe just listening to them and letting them talk. And then when their time is appropriate and maybe they're, they're not in the midst of that hard time, come back around with that loving encouragement. Yeah. Cause sometimes you just really just want to know you're not alone. Right. Right. Um, and you're not crazy. Uh, I would say again, counseling mm-hmm. is, has been huge for me. Right. Um, to just really fight this lie even harder right. um, is just getting to that root and and talking to someone who, you know, is professionally, yeah. you know, an able outsider, to like, yeah, non-biased who yes. can really give you some input. Why is that the best? Um, <laughs> shout out to all the counselors out shout there. Shout out to my counselor. I love you so much. Um, <laughs> if you're listening to this, okay. So the last thing I thought of was just sleep, right? right. Um, because preach. Sleep, seriously, is so simple, mm-hmm. but it's such a game changer. But it can be such a struggle sometimes because of Netflix, <laughs> right? Because of so many things. But, um, but yeah, I would say, you know, when I don't get enough sleep, the lies just, I don't know, it's almost like I can't fight them off as much easy yeah, right. because I'm just so tired. Yeah, you're not so, your best. Yeah, so I was just going to add that in. But, okay, what's a scripture you use to reset your mind on the truth when this lie surfaces? Yeah, so I would say John 10 10. Um, I don't know when it became my life first, but it just has. Uh, and it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, talking about Jesus, to give you life and give it to you in abundance. Um, and when I buy into the lies, I realize I'm not living the abundant life that God has for me, and I'm allowing the thief to steal, kill, and destroy. And then I have to reset my perspective on the Lord. And, I, okay, I know he has more for me than what I'm feeling right now. Um, and he may have something for me in what I'm feeling right now, uh, and it's going to lead to that abundant life that he has for me. So John 10.10 10 would be mine. I love it. Um, mine would be 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, and it says, Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And this has just been such an anchor for me to come yeah. back to over and over and over again with this lie because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is so encouraging. Like, right. you know, Paul was weak when he wrote this. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, he went through so many sufferings. And, right. um, but he actually boasts in the weaknesses instead right. of feeling like, oh, I, um, you I'm know, weak. I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, that's when God can do his best work. Right. And so I just think that's so encouraging for us at all times that we can show up weak. Right. And he can do exceedingly more than we can oh, yeah. even imagine. Yeah. And he's um, going to get the glory. Like if we yeah. show up and we got it all together, then people and even ourselves may be quick to pat ourselves on the back yep. for something that God has done. But um, that gives us an opportunity to let the glory of God shine even brighter. Yeah, I love it. Because, you know, I just keep thinking about how... We don't want to be impressive. Right. We want to just want to be encouraging. Right. You know, we want people to see God. And so um, that is a verse that I cling to. 
Um, okay, what's a song that helps you battle this yeah, life? Yeah, so um, I, I got a couple songs that, that I kind of go to right now, and the songs change in the season. So it uh, depends on, you know, what awesome song is at the time. But I'd say right now, um, in those times where I'm just so defeated, I can't even – I can't even begin to fight, and I need to turn something on. It's going to, you know, get get it going. Uh, surrounded is a big one. You know, this is how I fight my battles. Uh, let, uh. Let's record an album right now. <laughs> so, you know, surrounded it has been a good one, and I just I just listen to the words, and I begin to allow the Lord to minister to my heart. Um, then, from elevation worship, rattle is a huge one. Uh, it fires me up, and also graves. Uh, into gardens. I mean, mm. both of those, um, or it could be literally any worship song, but just right now when we're recording those, those are the three that kind of come to mind for me. I love it. I love all of those. I just love how worship just really shifts your perspective and it allows yeah. you to just, you know, enter God's presence for a minute and, and forget about, you know, all the things that are in your head. But I know for me, I love Lauren Daigle, You mm. Say. Yeah. Um, that is sing a it. huge one. I sing mine. Um, no. <laughs> no one wants to hear my singing voice. That was joyful noise. That was a not my gift <laughs> in life at all. I always wanted it to be, but it wasn't. Right. Um, but also um, the song by Hillsong, Who You Say I Am. Yeah. I love that one as well. Um, okay. So every week we want to give you guys a truth statement to declare over your battle. So, Andrew, can you say our truth statement for today's battle of feeling not good enough? Yeah. So uh, our truth statement today is this. I'm not good enough. But God is more than enough, and in my weakness, He is my strength. Come on. Now, come on. You want me to say it again? I'm not good enough, but God is more than enough, and in my weakness, He is my strength. So, Jenny, what last encouragement would you give to the person feeling so stuck with this battle, uh, and how has having a strategy to fight back and find freedom helped? Um, well, first off, I would just say give yourself grace. Yeah. Because I know I'm really bad about giving that advice and not actually taking it, but um, <laughs> but I really do believe changing our minds doesn't happen overnight, um, and I think that's why so many people give up because it it is it's like a muscle, mm. and so just like when we don't work out one time and achieve the results we want, the same goes with our minds, right? So I would say stay consistent in fighting back, and right. you will begin to see results. Um, you will feel more hope and more peace. Um, and again, you know, going along with that, you know, having a strategy to fight back has made me feel so empowered. Um, it doesn't mean that the the lies don't come. It doesn't mean right. that I'm not still having hard days mm-hmm. um, or that lie doesn't trigger. But it means now that I have this safety net that I can choose to guide me to victory. I have right. a plan, like you said. Um, I can run to his word, which is alive and active, and it's able to renew my mind. Um, I can run to his presence, you know, to let um, be the only voice that will truly, um, you know, allow me to just center my feelings Mm -hmm. on his truth. And um, I can text my D group to pray and fight for me. Right. Um, And if I'm really struggling, I can reach out to a counselor. Um, I can talk to you. Um, I have all these things that are in my safety net. And I know that it's not my identity and it will not defeat me in Jesus name. So remember our truth statement. I'm not good enough, but God is more than enough. And in my weaknesses, he is my strength. Andrew, do you mind just closing us out in prayer and just praying for everyone who's just battling a lie today and needs to be remembered um, that God is enough? For sure. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this day. Um, God, I thank you that in our weaknesses, 
um, God, that we find you there. We find your strength there. God, that you meet us right where we are, that we don't have to get cleaned up before we come to you, but that you uh, you came to us, Father, just the way we are. And right now, uh, wherever the listener is listening to this podcast, God, I pray that they will cling to your truth, um, God, that they will claim truth over whatever lie it is that they're believing, God. And if it's this battle of I'm not good enough, God, I pray that they will find their identity in you and in you alone, and that they will trust you in the midst of these dark times. It's in your Father's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, and we hope this episode has left you more equipped to face your battle today. Also, check out part two of this episode, which will be a short reading of scripture specific for this battle to help you meditate on the truth and renew your mind. All the information from this episode will be in the show notes and on Instagram at Her Fight Club. If this episode encouraged you, please share with your friends. And if you could take a minute and leave a review, it helps the podcast reach more ladies who need to know they're not alone in their battles. Also, for more raw and real conversations, head over to our private women's Facebook group under Her Fight Club. And last, we have a worship playlist specific for each episode to help you battle in worship. And you can find that on Spotify also under Her Fight Club. So remember, you're not alone. The struggle is so real, but so is our God and His love and word is ready to fight for you today. In God's power, let's fight to claim truth for ourselves and all the hers in our life. We got this together.